For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city, and it shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Andrew, and thank you, Chancel Choir, for the beautiful, beautiful anthem this morning. Let me begin with the premise. And that premise is that healthy things are growing things. We don't have to force or command or teach our children to grow. Healthy things, healthy people just grow. So we do all that we can to help our young ones physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, every way we can. And growth happens. I believe that this premise holds true for the church as well. We should not have to focus so much on church growth, but on church health. Those things that make us a healthy church, and then we become a growing church. And things that are important to us, and we'll talk about those in just a moment. But if we put the stethoscope over the heart, over the chest of this great church, would there be a steady beat? Would there be a steady rhythm? Personal growth for us involves good nutrition and exercise and prompt treatment for those things that ail us. Health in the body of Christ, the church, involves things like outreach and prayer and service and giving and positive, enthusiastic attitude and gratitude. A heaping helping of gratitude and churches become healthy and strong as well. During the months of October, we'll focus a lot on stewardship, not just money. We will talk about that, but we'll talk about other things, too, of how we invest in the church, how we give to the church, how we strengthen the church and help it to be healthy. And in November, we'll look at some of these things also. If anything less than good health is discovered, I hope we'll listen to the prescription given to us by the great physician throughout God's word. Now, in our tradition, and in many others, the first Sunday in October is always observed as World Communion Sunday. We've been doing that for, for many decades now. 
It's a good day to give thought to the health of the Holy Catholic Church, little say universal church, God's church around the world. How are we doing? And glance around the globe and see where the church is strong and where the church is healthy. And then we'll look at those places too where it's not so much. And it is still interesting to me and sometimes causes a little bit of consternation that there are other nations, other places who send missionaries to our nation now to help us see in new ways the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are places far away and there are places nearby though where part of the body is diseased and having difficulty and maybe even dying in places even some churches in growing areas are shrinking. Some are drying up. And often the cause of the disease is that we have become too at ease with doing things as we've always done them and not willing to do the hard work where change needs to be involved. Health and growth always involves significant change. And change is seldom without pain and without difficulty. Now for the next little bit of time, I want us to focus on something that I believe is essential for the health of the church. It's a theological question, but maybe one of the simpler questions, but maybe one of the more difficult to answer. And that foundation expressed in the question, how big is our God? Or as the songwriter might say, how great is our God? How, how big is our God? And it's my belief that the bigger our knowledge and understanding of God, the more we seek God's face, then the bigger God becomes to us. And the bigger God becomes to us, the healthier we are, the stronger we are, the better able we are to serve God and to follow God and to be the church he's called us to be. How big is our God? How big? Is God bigger than our fears? Sometimes fear enters the church through an open window. Sometimes it sneaks in when somebody's left the back screen door unlatched. But sometimes fear just invades. It's like a home invasion. Fear just kicks down the front door and comes in and tries to take over. Fear shows up when we're planting new ministries for a new day. Fear shows up when we're anticipating more changes to reach more people. Fear even makes, believe it or not, surprise appearances at committee meetings and business meetings. Fear's favorite phrase is, what if? And yes, fear has difficulty finding clothing off the rack. Can't find anything big enough. Because fear is so large. But God is bigger. Do we believe that? Is the Lord our God bigger than our sorrows and our regrets? Bigger than our hurts and our disappointments? Bigger than our, and fill in the blank, and we can each fill it in our own way from our own experience. Is God bigger than that? How big is our God? It's not an easy thing, is it, for the finite heart and finite mind to grasp the infinite. Difficult. One of my favorite teachers used to say that there are people who act like they've walked all the way around God and taken pictures. But those folks are a little bit scary. There is so much more when we start thinking about the size 
of our God. An awesome task it is. To my way of thinking, the most profound reflections of those who undertake such considerations are found in the book of Psalms. Over and over again, the psalmist says in different ways with different phrases, something about the size of God, trying to comprehend, trying to express that size with mere words. And it's not an easy task, is it? From the psalm that was read a moment ago, Psalm 46, be still. Know that I am God. And let's listen to a few more thoughts from a few more of the psalmists while we are here together. Psalm 8. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. How big is our God. From Psalm 18, the Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice. And then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. God drew me out of mighty waters. God delivered me from a strong enemy. How big is our God? From Psalm 29, the God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful, full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, those large trees. From Psalm 33, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. He gathered the waters of the sea as in a bottle. <laughs> From where he sits, enthroned, God watches all the inhabitants of the earth. How big? is our God. And from Psalm 90, before the mountains were formed, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. How big is that from everlasting to everlasting? How do you measure such a thing? How big is our God? Our health and our growth depend on our answer to that question. How big is our God? When children want to describe how big something really is, or when somebody is trying to describe the size of the one that got away, we say things like, this big. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And even that doesn't begin to draw a picture that's big enough. How big is our God? Big enough to love the whole wide world. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. For God so loved the world, the world across the oceans, and the world on the other side of our driveway, that's sometimes unfamiliar to us. And if God so loves, shouldn't we? An important part of the answer to that question is found in Genesis chapter 4. But before we take a quick look at that, let me say a word about what I believe Scripture means when it talks about the world. I think the reference is to those in the Old Testament who were outside the children of Israel and those in the New Testament who were outside of the Jesus followers, the, the Christian folk in that day, those on the outside. Sometimes it refers to the nations or to the Gentiles as a term that's used, those who are outside the community of faith. As for our day and time, the world might refer to those who are not a part of any community of faith and not a part of ours, the way we understand the world. Some of these folks don't believe. Some of them just simply don't know and don't know where to turn for an answer. They're not involved, many folk, because busyness has gotten in the way and we've made almost a God out of busyness. Or perhaps great hurt, great pain, 
great loss, great disappointment, many regrets, and we don't comprehend who this God is who loves us so much. And sometimes God's church, God's people are to blame because we've erred on the side of judgment and not on the side of grace. Adam and Eve had children, back to that Genesis chapter 4 thing, and you know this story better than I do, many of you. The first was Cain and the second was Abel. Abel raised sheep for a living and Cain farmed the land. And one day Cain brought an offering of his grain and his produce to the Lord and the Lord rejected it. But Abel brought a sheep from his flock and the Lord received that. And Cain was so angry that he rose up and murdered his brother Abel. And then God came along, where's your brother? Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? Is this up to me? Lord, I thought you were watching over these folks. Why are you asking me? He knew good and well where he was. Frederick Bigner, and I, I love his writings. Bigner said that lying to God is like sawing off the limb that you're sitting on. The better you do it, the harder you fall. I've thought about that a lot. <laughs> Am I my brother's keeper, my sister's keeper? God loves and calls us to love and serve all God's people, those next door and those far away, all those folk in between. This church on World Communion Sunday and every day, I believe, is always looking for ways to love this community, to love one another, to love the world that is beyond us, looking for ways old and new to do that. And I'm thinking today, especially, loving folks means feeding folks. Your stomach growling so loud you can't hear the gospel, then what good does it do? And today, with the rise against hunger and the new ministries that have started bringing food in on third Sunday for those in this community, I thank Pastor Andrew and Greg Othout and the missions team for pulling us in that direction and making these opportunities available to us. That's one way, one significant way, important way that we show God's love and we tell the world that God loves them and that, that we do too. We lift up these ministries that touch so many lives and all the other ways that we just simply don't have time to talk about today. Hundreds and thousands of lives are touched and helped because of the mobility of so many folks today, the world close by and the world far away often looks similar, looks the same in many ways. Home doesn't look like it once did. But I still think about, I hear too often that old proverb, charity begins at home, and I always want to say, yeah, it does. But it doesn't end there. For God so loved not just you and me, but this world, that not just this church, but all of God's people and all of God's world. I just can't comprehend it. It's so big. It's so much. But God can do that. And God will do that because God is always big enough. Amen.